Welcome to The Theater Project. Today, The Theater Project is thinking about film editing. I am your host, Mary Ionelli, and I sat down with Nancy Foster, a principal at Foster Media LLC, who has over 30 years experience in multimedia production to take a deep dive into film editing. We hope you enjoy. Nancy, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know you do many things, but I wanted to mostly talk today about the film editing or video editing aspects. How did you get started in that? Is that something you always wanted to do? No, it's not something I always wanted to do. Okay. I came into it sideways. I started as a producer and um, I realized as I was doing it, I liked being in the edit room better than going out on the shoots and doing the interviews. I much preferred the final product. And it was closer to something that I did think that I would start to do, which was getting into graphic design and being a visual artist. I started doing promos. And at one point I was like, I don't want to do this job anymore. And my husband was like, why don't you do the, think about going to editing school, learn how to be an editor. Cause at the time, you know, obviously right now it's much easier to be an editor. It's much more democratic and you can uh, find consumer products that are excellent. But I went to uh, media future media concepts in New York city to learn how to be an editor on the Avid. You know, there was like a three month course every day. And uh, when I came back, I went to the job that I was at and I said, you know, I'd like to be an editor instead of being a producer. And they allowed me to come at night on my own time to do projects and work my way back into uh, being on the team, but in a different role. Now, what did you originally go to college for? Okay. And then, uh, you know, we don't come from a family of artists or anybody that knew what you could do as a living, make a living being an artist. <laughs> so I uh, got my marketing degree from FIT. But while I was there, I did take TV production classes. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is something I like. Because I thought I wanted to be a fashion illustrator. I wanted to work in the fashion industry. Uh, but I, I don't think that was something that was exciting enough to do. And when we would make commercials, like, I'm like, wow, this is really fun. And I liked the writing part of it. I liked coming up with uh, the what you were going to market it, how you were going to sell it, what was the tagline. So I started going that way. And I got an internship at ABC working for Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, neat. And I, yeah, I did like the the TV part of it. But I think being on a talk show, it's very different than you know, what I thought production would be, you know, you're, it's interesting and it's different, but it wasn't somewhere I wanted to go. So then I said, well, let me see if I can get a job working in production. And that's how I started too. And then eventually I found my way to promos and that was really fun for me because it's 30 seconds. Sometimes, I mean, you can do longer pieces that are sales pieces to three minutes, but I like the idea that it was so diverse. You know, you're not stuck on working on a product for months and months at a time. When you decided to go to editing school, did you need the prerequisites of film? Because a lot of the people who listen to this might be kids that are just kind of starting out, trying to find their way. So the question would be, do they need any kind of prerequisites or can anybody go and say, hey, I well, this, yeah, this was just a technical school. You know, I had already gone to college at that point. But this was a technical school, so there was no prerequisite. I had to start at the 101 level, 
and then you work your way up through getting, and then eventually you do get a certificate that says that, you know, you know the machine and you know how to use it. It's very different now though. I don't know if you come in because obviously everybody edits everything. You can do it on your, you can do it on your phone. What are the skills you need for video editing? Like as a person, what would your attributes be? Well, one, I think you have to have an incredible attention to detail. I think what people don't realize is they get into doing it and they think, oh, it's just going to be fun. But there's a lot of tedious work that goes into it. Um, You know, I know just especially if you're going to do film, that process is much longer. If it's an hour and a half, you have to watch it over and over and over. I mean, as a promo editor, we, I would watch it and watch it and watch it. But, you know, it's 30 seconds, so okay. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you're looking for every frame. At that point, you know, you're spending a lot of money. That amount of what you're doing every second and what you're saying is is important. It seems silly, but it really you know, is important to them that they're spending this money and that every second the visual matches, the whatever you're trying to sell comes across in that amount of time. Okay. But I would say that if you're thinking about editing, you have to make sure that you can sit in front of a screen for eight hours and that's not something that you're going to go crazy about because a lot of people can't do that. I mean, I find some days I'm like, wow, the day is over. It's dark. How did that happen? (laughs) But for not for a lot of people, they don't like that. Right. Yeah, that's a, a good point, actually. So, you know, you, the technically, you have to know some part of the technical part of it. You have to be a little bit computer savvy. If you're doing it on your own and you're putting it on your own computer, there's storage that you're looking at. Where does all this, where do these files go? You know, they'll shoot something now, especially people are shooting in 4K and the files are huge. And they'll come to you and they'll be like, oh, I have this, you know, I have all this footage. And I'm like, well, do you buy a drive? Where are we going to put this? How are we going to, you know, where is this going to live? Uh, so that's part of it as well. Um, you, you also have to, I think, in some ways, have a brain that can start from, you know, you're thinking about start to finish. What's the beginning of the project? What what am I saying in the you know how how is this person? You have to be able to communicate in a way with the person that you're working with to say what is that you want and how are we going to get there in the time allotted? Like you want a, a, a you know front, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And is that something you kind of storyboard with whoever your client is? Yes, I if someone comes to me prior to shooting which is ideal. A lot of times it'll be somebody that you shoot and then you just get it at the back end. Oh. And you're like, oh, I wish you had, you know, done that or you had done this. Especially when I was working in the, more in a, in a news promo things that people would go out and they come back in and you have footage coming from everywhere. You have, so you have a footage from a news photographer, then those, they, they shot their talent, they shot their anchor. And that's a totally different, it's, it might have been on a nicer, it might even have been on a film camera. So now you have two different sources of media, they're coming in and you're trying to match. So that's challenging as well if you're looking at that type of thing. But yeah, if it's ideal that you could storyboard it, because a lot of times you'd be surprised. People, the biggest thing I would think is that people don't have an end. You know, they start out, they're like, I have this great idea. I'm like, okay, how are you going to end this? Okay. <laughs> So let's let's see if we can keep this then to film editing. Okay. We'll, we'll go that way because I think the conversation, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the conversation might be different. If you're doing short promos, 30 seconds, you may not need to worry as much about storage or 
So some of the aspects are going to differ because we're talking full-length film or features versus... Yeah, definitely. And there's so many ways that you can edit and, and products that you can edit for. You can do commercials, you can do promos, you can do news uh, stories, you can do sales tapes. There's, there is a lot of things. You could do films and commercials and things like that. So yeah, if you, if you want to talk about film, and it is very different than video editing. Okay. Yeah, then let, we'll try that. Um, and then if you okay. like it, we'll have another conversation <laughs> in another couple of months when you get over this. Uh, so, Oh, and documentary editing. I forgot about that because I'm also working on a documentary. So that's totally different as well. Okay. How would somebody just starting out find work as a film editor? Because I know right now a lot of the casting calls that actors go on, they're done via video. As an editor, do you have to kind of put together... Yeah, you would probably have a real, I mean, if you're just starting out, you can do your own, make something and, and put it together or watch something on television and take the footage and, and redo it yourself and, and see if you can put it together. Uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's lots of uh, industry websites like Mandy.com, things where you can try to get a job. Um, a lot of it obviously is word of mouth. You know someone, you're trying to talk to someone I would say really the best way to get into anything is to start as a production assistant because then you get to, yeah, you get to know the people who are doing the hiring. And if you're interesting in editing, they could say, oh, could I sit in? A lot of times that was, that's what I did. I had to start at night. I, I, I mean, obviously I had more experience because I was in production, but it, you, you, you think you know what you're doing until you're the one who has to do it. Your hands have to put it together. <laughs> And you're like, oh, oh, okay, I don't remember how to do that. How do I put, how do I insert that? How do I overwrite that? Oh, geez, you know, all of a sudden it's not as easy as you thought it was. So just sitting in, I think the best thing you could do is to find someone. You could call an editing house and say, I'm interested in being an editor. Could I come by and just sit in on sessions? Okay, great. And let's say you've made a connection with somebody and you're, you're taking on this job for a feature film. Is there an interview process or yes, depends on who it is. So if you're going to a production house who's hiring you, there'll be there'll be a, a production manager who does the who does the hiring. So you would do an interview through them. Okay. And the person you're actually working for though is the director or the producer? Is the director. I mean, you're working for the producer, but the director is the person that you're probably going to be working with the most because it's their vision. So they're going to be the one that's in the edit room. Okay. And that was the other thing. How do you prepare for that? So you've gotten the job now. Is the editor in from the very beginning with the director as far as storyboarding and that kind of stuff? Or does that vary? You can be, but sometimes you're hired at the end. They have um, a DTI on set sometimes that will be ingesting the video. It's a digital ingest technician. <laughs> I got to think... I'll have to look that up and make sure that that's right. But their job is to make sure that, you know, especially now you're doing a digital, most people, everyone is shooting on video. Really is very, I don't know the last time. I'm not a film editor in terms of taking the actual film strip and cutting and doing it. I came in after when we were doing more of the Avid and doing a nonlinear system. So some people, obviously, if you go to film school, they're going to be teaching you Maybe I don't even know if they do this anymore, but you know they're, they're going to tell you the art of like cutting the strip and putting it together and how you did it. But uh, you know now most people are shooting on. Do you have an editing checklist when you're going through it? Like, do you 
organize scenes or takes or files or yes yes so in the film situation you're if you're dealing with we're dealing with one camera so you're going to be taking multiple takes as opposed to having a multi-camera shoot where you would have in television where you might be shooting you could shoot four cameras at the same time and that's a totally different way of, of of preparing but so staying with the film you have many takes so for me when i start what we're going to do we're going to go scene by scene take all of the takes side by side and then that's when you start to bring the director will be there with you but for me for the prep i try to prepare ahead of time to say okay if we have 25 scenes i have all the scenes laid out every take next to each other and if i talk to the director and we know okay let's go through the script we could say this we thinking this is going to be a wide this is going to be a close this is going to be from the other side obviously when you get in there you start to see what it looks like and you'll change what you're doing but a lot of the times what happens also is continuity you'll say oh we want to do a wide shot we want to go to the close we want the reaction and then someone puts their hand up and they're like oh i love that take i'm watching that take that's such a great take well i the opposite angle coming the other way the person put their hand in front of the screen and if i can't match that continuity wide you have to either change it or go to a wide or figure it out it's the big thing that i would tell actors i wish i could talk to actors and say god i wish you would not do that <laughs> <laughs> but you know they you know they're in the moment they're in the scene so that's one thing as even a director uh, and someone who's shooting the continuity is the biggest thing and people will say it all the time on movies if you see them out and they'll be like oh that didn't match well they didn't match because they, it's not because the editor didn't know <laughs> it's because you have no choice sometimes and the editor is not on scene when they're filming right no not normally not normally no so you can't say hey you've got to do that again from this way to make sure i can cut it later or anything like that especially and and that's a job that uh for independent films they don't hire for they don't have the continuity director if you're going to work for a big major studio they normally have a continuity director and and they'll mess up too if you get hired later on after the fact do you use the script while you're editing or have you had a conversation with the director to say what are you going for here yes Normally the conversation is the director you start with the idea of what is what is your pacing look like do you want this to be quick you want it to be slow what is your vision you know what are you seeing how do you want to approach this and and most times it really is scene by scene mhm and then we'll see how the scene works with the next scene sometimes you just cut that out or you'll go back and say i don't like the way that flows into the next scene and if your vision differs from the director Do you find most of the time that they're approachable for that or do you think look it's not my job to have the vision it's it's there so I'm just going to do what they say? No, I think if if you have a good working relationship with a director you're trying to do this as more of a collaboration. Ultimately, it's their film. So if they don't like what you did or they overrule it and they say no, I I understand what you're saying, but I don't want to do that or no, you you say okay. <laughs> That's your film. and that's definitely something that you learn as you go through. I think when you start out, especially when you're young, you think you know everything and you know, you should be in charge of everything. <laughs> But now, you know, going along, you have, I think it's you realize that it's it's and and you have to the way that you speak. The the one thing that I have to say in editing is very difficult. You have to get a 
communication line with the director in the way that they speak. So some people will say, for instance, if you're saying go forward and I'm, I'm in the process of going backward. So I'm like, Oh, but you, we're going, we're going back in the scene and you're saying go forward. So we, you know, that line of like, wait a minute, what do you mean when you're saying go, go back? We're, we're actually going back in the scene. Did you want me to keep going back <laughs> or did you want me to go the other way? So sometimes it is just a little bit of taking a moment and saying like, let's have that communication as well. And do you find that you do most of the editing first or you do most of the editing with the collaboration of the director? It depends. I mean, I think in a film, the director is always there. I haven't met anybody that doesn't want to be in the edit room when they're the director. Okay. But other things like I'm working on a documentary and, and I have the director and that's because it's such a more of a laborious process. We, we just check in so that I'll do something, show it, get notes on it, chain it. But that person is not with me every day. Okay. Are there certain things you look for when you're editing? Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing that I mostly look for is, is it believable? You'll have sometimes where somebody overacts and it has to match intentions. Like sometimes someone is so over the top and then you're getting the other side and the person is low key. So you have to make sure that your pacing and your rhythm with each person is also matching. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, like once it's on film, that's got to be tough. If somebody is so low key and somebody else is like up here in the outer stratosphere somewhere, how do you bring yeah, those difficult. two things together? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of tricks, obviously, if you go to the wide, you can take someone's voice that they're not on screen, use the other person's reaction and maybe, or you take the time the person is actually action, acting in the reaction shot and you use that because when they're on camera, they've overacted. Is it usually one editor or are there multiple editors working on the same project, like a, a feature film at the same time? There, there could be. The best scenario would be an assistant editor who does all the things that I talked about, which is the prep work of, of setting up the scenes and then having to lay off. Because that part is, if you're not a technical person, that part is really tough. So if that would be the ideal. I haven't had a situation where someone is sharing the editing on a film. Okay. I, I would think that's tough because now you've got another vision yeah, I mean, the director also will have things that just speaking important, they might say, I want to, you might say, I, I think you should cut here. This feels long. And they're like, no, I, I, there's going to be music. There's going to be something that I'm looking for there. I want a pause. I want someone to think a moment. Right. That was one of my questions. Do you add the music as you're doing it with the knowledge that it may be replaced later or? Yes. So, you know, that sometimes it's important if, if you, especially if you know, there's a scene where it is going to be music. And even if they don't have the music, the director will say, well, I'm thinking about something like this. I'm like, all right, let's pick a track. We'll cut to this. It'll be there. And then you, it can be replaced if you're going to have, you know, a composer or somebody who's making their own music, or if you're going to buy different music, a lot of times, obviously you have to license the music. You know, if you want to use Taylor Swift, I'm sure you're not going to be able to use that. Right. So you'll have to replace it. But it's helpful to have that because sometimes that is a rhythm. I, I can see that. Do you usually work on one project at a time or could you be working yes. on multiple? I mean, I am right now working on multiples, but only because it's a documentary and that is over time. 
that doesn't have the, but the film normally, when the film comes in, is there such a thing as like an editing budget? Yes, there's a post production budget, and a lot of it is a lot of times I would tell, especially people who are starting out, and then they don't budget for it. They totally forget about it. If you don't want your editor, if you have enough money, you're going to get your own sound editor. In a film, the sound design is a whole different job, you know. And then you could have a, a music. Producer that's doing, you know, that's doing the. That's where the music aspect comes in, and the sound, or is there other sound, like explosions and things like. Well, there's all, yeah, exactly. There's all the folio that can happen, people's steps, and if you want that enhanced, it's really amazing when that's added. It's incredible. It changes the whole thing. You know, are they still like enhancing the the footsteps, like on the Rice Krispies or whatever? And yeah. Like, I mean, you know, they're, yeah, definitely. Because I've seen like some movies, like Inside Daisy Clover, where you know, she's in that booth and she just keeps singing the same thing over and over again because she's matching her, she's singing what was record, was filmed, basically. And then she starts kind of losing it. Right. So. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah. I mean, that's like a music video. I mean, I've cut music videos where, you know, you're trying to match the, the person has to sing and you're matching their lyrics. And, and do they record that mostly together nowadays or is it still recorded? Well, they, you know, if you shoot, I mean, sometimes, like the last one I did, they didn't even record audio. So I didn't, I was just watching, you know, I'd have a clap. You know, if you're having a low budget, you know, this is the way, you know, you, you clap and, and then I can match up the clap. Even if it's just on your phone, I'm like, okay, that's where they started. But, you know, you're zooming in on the mouth, making sure the mouth mat- matches. and Yeah. Because I assume there's like when the, you, you're hired for a job, there's a timeline. Is that yes. something set in concrete or do you? is it sometimes negotiable where you'll start getting towards the end and you go, geez, I'm just not going to finish this? and Or is that just unheard of? Yeah. For the, for, for the most part, they'll say, you know, for a film, we have three months. That's going to be our, our, our budget. And so you're really trying to hit two months, maybe a week, and then you have that opportunity for the next three weeks to do revisions, to really look at it, to go back over. But at some point you have to just let it go, you know, cause you could edit over and re-edit over and over and over again, which I would love to do always because, you know, but sometimes you just have to say it's enough. It's, it's done. We don't have enough time. You don't have enough money. Is the budget for editing pretty much time? Is that what, makes up the most of it and to get if it is a 90 minute movie do you have any kind of an estimate on how much time it is in the editing yeah i mean i feel for 90 minutes you if you did 80 hours at least five days a week you're looking at a couple months i I think that's what it is about you know nine weeks wow at eight hours what's your favorite part of the job do you have one i love watching them i love motion if someone is doing something and they're running and i'm getting the other angle and i'm matching it exactly and it looks completely smooth and you had no idea that there was an edit there and for somebody just starting out is there certain equipment that they should look at like is there a basic editing package if you're doing the adobe suite adobe premiere does an amazing job because you have the whole suite if you buy the suite you have After Effects and Photoshop and Premiere. Premiere is the editing situation, but you also can have Audition, which is is audio. So if you need to do audio, okay, you could do that as well. Obviously, you can specialize. You can have a situation where you know the more programs that you know, and the you're the more valuable you are. 
sometimes you don't want to do that. You do want to have somebody specialize and say, okay, like the documentary, I'm going to do the audio. I'm not doing the music. There's a person who's doing the, he's composing music for it, but we're not sending it out to an audio house. Okay. So then, you know, you're looking at that's coming from all different sources. These, you have interviews from all different people. So that's a skill then that you're going to work on that you don't maybe do all the time, but that's how I would start is looking at either, you know, Premiere or Final Cut Pro. The thing is that all of these programs are so deep, unless you're really using them, like even Lightroom, if you, unless you're a photographer and you're going in there, if you have some basic knowledge of these programs, it's helpful. In terms of editing now, if you're going to buy Premiere or you're going to buy the suite, it's just do it over and over again. You know, find something, edit. A music video is great to start with because there is no dialogue you can... Shoot, go out and shoot something yourself if you have to, if you want to put it together or have somebody record something and, and practice. And when you're putting your portfolio together, what, what should you include? Should you include different genres like horror and comedy or action? And Yeah, you're going to have a, you're going to make your own uh, like scissor reel. So you're going to say, this is the type of things like for me, mine has all these different things on it that I've done film and I'll, I'll, cut a few things together here's some animation here's some promos here's some pieces of documentary so that's a quick like three minute piece shows what your skill is shows the movies that you've worked on or the videos that you've worked on and that's really your calling card but you know most people you could just say this is what i've done and they're going to look it up if you're just starting out and you don't have that you know like you said you might be filming your friend's yeah, which is, you know, it doesn't change. The person is terrible, an actor, it's fine. Um, they're looking at your skill of, can you, you know, do you see, can you do a Y, can you do a close, can, can you get a good pace, can you get the rhythm? I mean, they don't really care. So as I was, like, researching this, I came up with, there were a whole bunch of rules or something that they kept coming up with. Is there anything that you can think of that we haven't covered that we should have? Well, the one thing I would say is I don't know if you know the term where they say, well, fix it in post. I've heard it, but I don't know what it means. So it's like, you know, the person goes out, they've shot something, they're not quite sure it's going to work. And you have to think of yourself as the editor on the end of the assembly line. There's so much that has happened prior to you getting it. You know, there was a writer that wrote it. There was pre-production. They, then they shot it. And now it comes to you and all those things along the way, no one quite knows what it's going to look like, but you're getting the end of it. You're putting the car together. Okay. And there'll be things where you can't control the point. And the director's there with you as well, and they'll try to work that out. But there are things that happen where maybe a whole scene is, is, not, is not right, and you'll have to work on it. And, but it's something that as you, if you're in that process that you have to know it's coming to you at the end, and you don't have control over necessarily what was shot. It's just a catch-all term of like, we messed up and we'll let the editor worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> Poor editor. <laughs> and the thing is that, you know, you're responsible. Talk about things that, you know, the levels that go out. If you're on television, there's, you know, levels for your white levels, for your black, for, for audio that have to be hit. And if you're going to be an editor, those all things are really important. There's a lot of fun things as part of being an editor where you're doing the story. and you're do But those things are paramount because if you mess those up, no one will hire you again. Wow. And is that something they give you up front? Is that part of the onboarding process is all well, the, the sound has to be at this level or, or is that stuff you're supposed to just know inherently as the editor? 
Yeah, I think it's sort of an industry thing standard that you should know as an editor. A lot of times if you get something at the end, they'll give you a spec sheet of how they want it delivered. So there'll be a different Kodak that you're going to export it at the file. But those things in terms of audio levels and brightness and... When you do the editing, you're including the sound to match the picture. Does that then go to another person who does something completely different? Yes. Wow. Yes, it's the sound designers. How many are there? Like it goes... How many people work in post-production? Yeah, like the director finishes the movie and... Right, so you're going to start with... The director will work with the editor and it's picture locked. So that means you're not making any more edits to it. You're not making any changes to it. So now it'll go to the color correction. That's the person who just does all the making it beautiful and making those types of choices where they're now working with the director who says, I want this scene to be this, or I want it to be dark, I want it to be light. And that's not the editor, that's somebody different. It can be, it can be, and you can do that, and sometimes you would, but if if it's a a good project, they would go to a colorist. Okay. (laughs) And then probably simultaneously it's going to the uh, sound designer, because the sound designer doesn't really need the color. So it'll go to them, and now they're going to do all the Foley, they're going to add, they're going to make sure the dialogues match, levels and you know they sound like you're in the room same in the room or a lot of time and then you know you have the situation where maybe the actor needs to re-record that so you're going to do a, another session where they're re-recording it so that person will do that and then you have the m- music person who if you're having somebody make music for the film they're doing that they're scoring it and then they're giving it to so they actually would come probably before the sound designer but they're working in conjunction with the sound designer Okay. And then you get everything back and then you reassemble that. And then you're, you're adding, now you're adding the credits. You're going to add the fronts, who, whoever is, uh, you know, the movies, the producers that are putting it out. You could have um, effects, visual effects that then are added on top of that. But that's normally after you've done color. Okay. Boy, there's so much that goes into that that I don't think people even realize no and i think that they don't realize in terms of budgeting especially when you're starting out yeah. I, you know an indie film if someone asked me you need the same amount of money for post-production that you do for production wow that's a biggie yeah all right cool well i think that's it i i thank you so much for this was it so bad no no it's fine i hope it was helpful at all i don't know if there was yeah i added anything because there's so many aspects to it it's so hard to talk about it because there is so many different types of editing right and that's why i thought maybe you know focusing on the film aspect but i can see where you would like doing the promos and putting together shorter pieces so that you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours putting something together listening to it over and over and over again And then when you get two or three stages down the road, you get it all back again to go through it all over again. That just blows my mind. Well, that part is tough, too, because sometimes you might want to change it at that point. You can't. Yeah, because once you're locked, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Nancy, thank you again. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Theatre Project Thinks About. Our audio engineer was Gary Glore, and our theme music was by Gail Liu and Damien DeSandes. Visit thetheaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please consider leaving a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.